2: Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion.
3: What is the after hours game of the week? Producer Jay has posted our latest poll, week eight. Are you kidding me? Week eight. But there's there's a midway point coming up, right? Because it's a, it's an 18-week season, 17 games, which means you get through week nine and we're dead center. And weirdly enough, we have every team playing this weekend. There are no buys. So it's a good opportunity to check in. It's a gauge here. For all of the teams to see where they are, how they are. At this point, you want consistency. And I'm sure for Bills fans, there's still some concern because the Bills are not consistent. And this veteran group, even though there have been some injuries, you would think this veteran group would be more settled, more stable, more steady. Credit the Bucks' defense. Credit every defense that plays against them. Josh Allen is a proven commodity. right? We know about his skill set. And he had it on full display Thursday night football. But of course, there's a defensive coordinator for every team who's highly paid, who is attempting to use everything we know about Josh Allen, and make life difficult for him. It wasn't as slow a start, but there are still some early hiccups. The interception on the tipped ball that led to a touchdown for the Buccaneers. And then even after the Bills answer, and they do the very next possession... They answer. But they also had another possession where they get stopped on the one-yard line. And then even later in the game, they have their 24 points on the board early third quarter and then are unable to add anything else. And while the defense did hold the Bucks at bay and the name of the game is winning, after the Bucks pulled within... Six points, just under three minutes to go in the fourth quarter. The Bills actually gave the ball back to them. The Bills couldn't maintain possession, couldn't sustain the drive long enough to keep it away from Baker Mayfield and the Bucks. They had to punt it back to them. And this is on the heels of a 17-play drive in which the Bills' defenses suck and win. That's why there was still an opportunity for a Hail Mary at the end. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. The poll is up on our show Twitter, After Hours CBS, retweeted on my Twitter, A Law Radio. We've got the option for Facebook as well. Every time I see Derrick Henry trending on Twitter, I get nervous. <laughs> but there's a good chance he could be moved before the trade deadline. Which is on the horizon. Week eight in the NFL, we're heading into a freaky Friday. Wait until you hear the weird text I got, bottom of the hour. A little bit freaky, but it is Friday. And for us, it's payday. And it's an opportunity to not drive in traffic. So for that, it's going to be a great day. <laughs> Our phone number, 855-212-4227. That's 855-212-4CBS. Uh, as part of Ask me Anything earlier this week, we had the question posed by a listener. What are the advantages of having CBS Sports Radio headquarters in Manhattan, New York City? And what are the disadvantages? What do you like? What do you dislike? Well, Thursday was a perfect example of what I dislike so, I'm still doing my box breathing. It managed to get me through the first hour, although not that, not that comfortably. It's a bit of a twilight zone here in the studio.
2: <laughs> Various ways of breathing.
3: <laughs> I mean, even at this point, I should just take Aaron's advice. I'm I'm open for anything. Well, I'm not open for ayahuasca or I'm ayahuasca. Not a dumb jock. <laughs> Well, especially since right now all you can do is talk. There's not really a whole other... Talk and rehab. Mm, I don't think so. Stop it. Jay somehow manages to work Aaron Rodgers into the conversation every time. (laughs) I'd rather hear from Mike Tomlin and Dan Campbell myself. Little Mike McDaniel. (laughs) All right. Back to the kickoff to week number eight. After... The Bills posted a 10-0 lead. There's an interception that leads to Chris Godwin's first touchdown of the year. And so then the Bills kind of feeling it like they gave the Buccaneers a touchdown. They have to answer.
2: Third and 11 here for Buffalo. Two receivers to the right. Diggs and Kincaid on the left. Murray in the backfield. Allen in the shotgun going to roll out to his right. Looking for somebody. Throws it back across the middle. And Kincaid waltzes into the end zone for his first touchdown
3: as a Buffalo Bill. 22 yards. Allen to Kincaid. And did you see how he did the Buffalo version of the Lambeau Leap? I'm not sure if it has its own special name. I know Buffalo fans like to... Belly flop onto tables. That's their thing, Bills Mafia. But does Bills Mafia have a special name for their own version of leaping into the crowd? That I don't actually know. If you're a Bills fan, you can find me on Twitter, a law radio, And let me know if it's called something different at Highmark Stadium. It's obviously not the Lambeau Leap because that would be embarrassing.
4: I like the <laughs> Buffalo belly flop.
3: Well, right, but he's not belly flopping. Ah. He's... No, no, he's leaping into the stands, Dalton Kincaid. And actually, (laughs) you might think that he was in his element, but not so much.
2: To be honest, I was pretty claustrophobic. So that moment, I was like, all right, I'm I'm ready to go back down.
1: Uh, But I think that's kind of everyone's dream is, you know, scoring and jumping up there, celebrating and then just
4: celebrating with teammates. So uh, super special moment.
3: Well, congratulations to Dalton on his first NFL touchdown. It's after hours here on CBS Sports Radio. So that is the answer with Chris Brown on Bills Radio. And it rights the ship a little bit. And then the Bills have the ball to start out the third quarter. Second
1: and goal just inside the five. Gabe Davis motions over tight to the right. Now they send Deontay Hardy in motion to the right. Allen back to throw. Looking. Pumps. Throws. Wide open. Davis streaking in the back of the end zone. Touchdown by Allen held it the extra second and Dave has got a ton of space in the back left corner of the end zone and the Bills with 10 40 to go in the third take the opening drive of the second half and go up 23 to 10
3: okay with the extra point 24 10 that feels good I wouldn't say it's comfortable you're only up by a couple of touchdowns and this is the NFL where Gosh, it's a tale of two halves. We don't know what's going to happen from half to half in the league. And then after that, both offenses relatively ineffective. I wouldn't go so far as dormant, but six consecutive punts that take us into the fourth quarter. Was Al Michaels cracking jokes about how bad the football on Amazon Prime on Thursday nights? (laughs) It's still... Too inconsistent. The Bills are still too inconsistent. And no, I do not hold the Bucks to the same standard. Yes, Baker Mayfield's been in the league for uh, enough years, but they're still getting acclimated to one another there. And I think they need more of Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, to be perfectly honest. But obviously, they draw a lot of defensive attention. Rashad White. He led them in both rushing and receiving. So he's a new wrinkle. But you might expect the inconsistency from the Bucks, considering what we've seen the last couple weeks. I keep waiting for the Bills to settle in and have another one of those explosive games where they're keeping a defense off balance, keeping a defense guessing. And yes, they put 24 points on the board. That's huge. It was a short work week. Josh was in the blue tent for a little bit. They're obviously missing pieces. I I like the fact that they were over 100 yards rushing. But there were stretches where they were still ineffective. So we'll see. If it's about the short work week, blah, blah, blah. A win is a win is a win is a win. That's the most important thing. But it got a little too close for comfort when they couldn't score again after that touchdown early in the third quarter they did not score again
1: Bucks face fourth down and 10 a snap a good one Baker Mayfield dropping looking throwing toward the end zone looping try is it caught is it caught is it caught yes touchdown Tampa Bay Mike Evans says throw me the ball and I can make a play he does and the Buccaneers have life with 244 to go what a catch
3: Gene Deckerhoff on Bucks Radio. And because of a tipped ball that lands in the hands of Cade Otten, they end up with the two-point conversion as well. And they pull within six. And this is where I felt the most frustration for Josh, for the Bills. Again, after their initial touchdown in the third quarter in which they held the ball for four and a half minutes, they did not score again. Punt, punt, punt. Then a 17-play drive for the Buccaneers. 17 plays, 92 yards, nearly seven and a half minutes. Did you hear what Jordan Poyer said after the game about that 17-yard possession by Tampa?
1: Yeah, that was that was insane. I was I was tired. Uh, man, I had to get some more conditioning in because that was that was that was a lot.
3: I have to get some more conditioning in. How about just don't allow them to go 17 plays. There were a couple of flags that extended that drive as well. I'm sure that was frustrating. The Bills felt like they had stopped the Bucks, and then there were a couple of plays that a couple of flags that actually gave them first downs. But regardless, 17 plays, seven and a half minutes. They get the touchdown to Mike Evans. Sweet throw from Baker Mayfield drops it in perfectly. They get the two point conversion, and then the Bills get the ball back. And all they have to do is keep it away from the Buccaneers. That's all they got to do. They pick up one first down. They convert on a third and five. They're deep in their own territory. When Josh goes to Stephon Diggs and he manages to take it 15 yards. But they get to midfield. They've got a third and two. They get stuffed. Latavius Murray, stuffed. And so they have to punt with 30 seconds to go. They couldn't even keep the ball away from the Bucks for three minutes. And that concerns me because you put the ball back in the hands of Baker Mayfield. You put the ball back in the hands of the opposing offense, which means they do have a shot. And maybe it's me. Maybe I have expectations that are unfair for these Bills. But I know what we've seen from Buffalo and from Josh Allen in the past, and it's not as though they need to score on every possession. It just seems like they still have not settled in and found their identity as an offense. Mayfield
2: back to pass, pocket collapsing, steps up, heaves it down the field. This is going to reach the end zone, and it's incomplete. Godwin turned around a little too late, but he was in the vicinity to make the catch. He did not. And the game is over.
0: And that ball Third week
2: the- in a row, the game ends with the ball in the end zone. My goodness.
3: <laughs> Once again, Chris Brown on Bills Radio. Yeah, there was a Hail Mary, and it nearly hit the back of Chris Godwin. He turns around a little bit too late. You could see him kind of looking up in the air, but he turned around late enough that he was still kind of disoriented and had to find the ball. And had he stuck out his arms and maybe pivoted in place, as a, he was, kind, his momentum was taking him away from the ball or taking him toward the back of the end zone. But yeah, he was right there. It almost looked like he got a hand on it. He just couldn't quite pick it up as it was coming down. Again, turning too late. But Chuck and Duck by Baker Mayfield, and I'm sure there were Bills fans who were relieved. Again, a win is a win is a win is a win, and the Bills are now 5-3. and three. But on offense, with one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, one of the best QB wide receiver duos in the NFL. We've seen the numbers that these two guys can put up. The connection that Allen has with Stephon Diggs. I'm sure it's frustrating. Not quite there. The numbers were impressive. 31 of 40 for Josh. 324 yards. Couple of touchdowns through the air. One on the ground. And then the one tipped ball interception.
4: This team moves really well when I'm able to get the ball around to our playmakers, and I thought guys did a great job of the ball in their hand, making making some rack. Um, you know, Gabe on one of those third downs, you know, puts his foot in the ground, goes and gets it. You know, our guys knew what they were doing. They were playing fast. Obviously, when you go up tempo, it's it's kind of like if you make a mistake, at least you're going full speed. And uh, sometimes I find you that way too. So
0: um, just just trying to get guys open. Coach Dorsey, the offensive staff, and 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 Josh and, and the players on offense. I mean, they they got into a good rhythm. I mean, that was that was what I'm used to seeing, really. And it was fun to watch. And um, Josh looked very comfortable. Um, the offense looked very comfortable. And um, probably the first time, other than maybe you know, in episodes of the Raiders game, and then again in Miami, where it just looked like it was every play wasn't an adventure. Every play wasn't just uh, you know. There looked like there were some easy plays, I guess I should say. So um, that was good.
3: All right. Well, both Josh and Sean seemed to be optimistic, upbeat about the fact that it was a better performance. He did spread the ball around, use six different guys, mixed in some tempo, did get over 100 yards rushing. That's big. And it wasn't Josh who was the number one rusher was james cook and yeah after a short work week coming off a loss again you can imagine that they'll take the win however they can get it
4: everything that we want is still in front of us so um again you don't you know you wish you were eight zero at this point you wish you were seven one you wish you were six and two and that's the reality of it is we're five and three but we're going to continue to take it one one game at a time, and we got Sunday night next week against a really good Bengals team, so we got to be ready for them.
3: Ooh, Bills and Bengals—the rematch of the rematch of the rematch. <laughs> There've been a few now the last couple years. So that's the Bills' side of things. As for the Bucks, they fall to three and four, though they're still second place in the NFC South. Good old NFC South. We'll hear from the Bucks coming up. Had a hail mary. Had a Chris Godwin opportunity, and with that division, I think that Todd Bowles, Baker Mayfield could say the same thing that Josh just said. Everything that we want is still in front of us. A division title and a playoff spot, it's still in front of us. I mean, that's what the Bucks did last year. They were below 500, but they won the division.
2: It's good to know you won't go 0-17.
3: And hosted a playoff game. Jay, no Pats and Dolphins for you on the after-hours game of the week?
4: No, not that one.
3: All right. Dude, would you like to explain the science behind your choices? Which one? I don't know. Just why did you pick these?
4: Um, well, Rams-Cowboys is just – Stafford's going home, too, to his hometown. So I feel okay. like there's just implications there for a possible playoff, too. The Rams are playing good football. Cowboys have a good defense. Okay. Uh, let's see – what else did I go with? Brown Seahawks was interesting. I wish Deshaun was healthy and was playing in this game, but still the Browns have been playing good football, their defense. Uh, you know, everyone's, and everyone gave me crap about not having Miles Garrett. So let's see what Miles Garrett oh, can do okay. against so this the Seahawks. Okay, so this is a
3: response to Browns fans who <laughs> pummeled producer Jay uh, on Sunday night,
4: Bengals 49ers. I think the Niners will still be able to put together a good game plan, even with Sam Darnold. And the Bengals desperately need a win. It's in Wait, San Francisco. Wait, is Sam
3: definitely starting? I thought Brock was still an option.
4: Oh well, maybe. Okay. Either way, I, all uh, right. And what was my last one there? Jags and Steelers. Jags Steelers. Uh, the Steelers showed me a lot last week with that win in L.A. So they're mm-hmm. trying to keep that momentum. And the Jaguars have won four in a row, so it's a good matchup.
3: All right. So none of these games are divisional games. Instead, we've got eclectic mixes and storylines clashing in week number eight. So what is the After Hours game of the week? The poll is up on our show Twitter, After Hours CBS, or on our Facebook page. The Buccaneers are done for the weekend, as are the Bills. We are not done yet for the weekend, but the weekend is on the horizon. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence, CBS Sports Radio.
1: You are listening to the After Hours Podcast.
0: Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
1: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. Field takes the the snap, they give him protection, bounces up to the pocket, drops, drops, looks downfield, throws the ball, up for grabs, Hail Mary time, toward the end zone, toward the end zone, toward, it is incomplete. Buccaneers had a player in the end zone. They had Godwin, and he was, he wasn't covered. I don't know whether he lost the ball or lost his balance, but he was there, and could have caught it clean. This is After Hours with Amy Lawrence.
3: They had a shot, but it's still a loss and now you've got three straight losses for the Bucks and a record below 500. Remember they started out 2 and 0 and there was a lot of optimism around the offense and how quickly it had come together, but they've now dropped four of their last five and as I say, are below 500, though they are still in second place in the nfc south so there is there's something to be said for playing in a division where you have extra time and no matter if you drop three in a row or lose four or five you're not going to fall that far behind
2: my faith in these guys have never wavered i'll take them anywhere i'll take them down the alley i'll fight with them any kind of way i believe in them wholeheartedly we believe in ourselves as a team and we know we'll push forward and get better Losing three in a row
4: sucks. There's no way around that. Um, It's just a feeling. So, um, but we we showed fight tonight. Uh, That's that's the one thing that um, you know we can hang our hats on.
3: The one thing. Okay, we talked about the fight. Baker Mayfield brings the fight. They're gonna need it. I've said multiple times this week in talking about the Cleveland Browns that. Considering the loss of their starting quarterback and their all pro running back, that they really and and other challenges as well. But for me, it seems like the only way they can win is to be gritty and gutsy and fight to the bitter end. All right. We'll see another example of that maybe this weekend against the Seahawks. They're on the road in Seattle. That's how they have to play. They're trying to dirty up the game, if that makes sense. They're trying to make it a game in which it's not aesthetically pleasing. They want to make it look ugly. And that's how they're going to win on both sides of the ball. Well, in the case of the Buccaneers, they've got fight. They've got tenacity. I feel like they have the weapons to be able to get the ball up and down the field. Just the last three weeks, two major issues for the Bucks. One of them is penalties. They have been hampered by penalties. And Todd Bowles was pointing them out again tonight. 11 flags for them tonight.
2: Again, we got the penalty problem. I thought we moved the ball when we didn't have the penalties. And Then we got started late in the game, getting some flow going, but the penalties held us back. I think we had 11 penalties. It might have been seven or
1: eight on offense, which kind of killed the momentum that we had.
3: Now, against the, the Falcons last week, there were five turnovers, right? And the, the worst one or the, the one that was maybe most impactful was Baker Mayfield throwing an interception with three and a half minutes to play, or 3.45, something like that. And so those are the things that they can't afford. Because their offense is not, right now, in a great rhythm, they need to get the ball to Mike Evans and Chris Godwin more. But defenses know that, too. So for them to waste possessions or waste opportunities with penalties and turnovers, it's not like... They have this great margin for error. Well, Oh, we'll get him next time. No, they can't really afford to get rid of those or to lose those possessions, to lose those opportunities. So the Buccaneers, yeah, they play in the NFC South. If they were in most other divisions, they would not necessarily be out of it, but the mountain would be much steeper ahead of them. They continue to play... I think solid defense, but you can only ask your D to do so much. I did like the 17-play drive. I felt like, again, it was extended a couple of times by Bill's penalties, but I thought that that was one that really can put a pressure on a defense late, and they got what they wanted. They got the touchdown. Although, crazy enough, with 17 plays, I know they went 92 yards, but but the fact that they still had to have a fairly long touchdown pass kind of speaks to the fact that it was... Ah, uh, one step forward, couple steps back. I mean, Mike Evans, again, 92 yard drive, but that includes a 24 yard touchdown pass. So in 17 plays, well, 16 plays, they essentially go 70 yards. 16 plays, seven, that's not a great ratio. So it's a mini buy for both these teams, I guess, in a week where there are no official buys. Bills are five and three, same number of wins as the Dolphins. So we'll see what Miami does this weekend against New England. And then for the NFC South, Bucks and Saints have the same records, three and four. The Saints still will play this weekend. But yeah, three-game losing skid, that's rough in the middle of the season. So what is the after-hours game of the week? There are other options. We always take your write-in votes as well. I haven't decided yet. I might go Bengals-Niners. But if Brock Purdy's not playing it, it's Sam Darnold. Still big game. I still think it's a big game because the Bengals are sitting at three and three. The Niners don't want to lose three in a row. So whether it's on Twitter or Facebook, you can take that poll. Marco, what's your game of the week? Don't Uh, say Jets and Giants.
5: No, I would say that one that you mentioned. I also like the Jaguars and Steelers in Pittsburgh. That's a good one for both of those teams that are playing well. Jaguars are on fire, but they haven't played great during that winning streak. And the Steelers are just weird. They're just strange weird. I mean, look, their defense, we know what they are. They're offensively challenged in a lot of spots. They win games they're not supposed to. They lose games they're supposed to win. So they're just funky, but that's the Steeler way, and this should be a fun game.
3: Well, and Kenny Pickett still, he's just now gone a year as their starter, right, because he took over, what, first month of last year, late late first month, yeah, game three, four, something like that. But I do like the fact that, Last year, or last week, excuse me, I thought they grew up. Showed some maturity with two fourth-quarter touchdowns and a rally to win. I thought that was huge. So, all right. You ready for this text message? I am. So, I, I am worried that it's a scam, but I haven't responded. It's just so funny. It comes from an 832 number, which I think is Texas, but I'm not sure. I'm uh, Oh, gonna, I'm not good with area codes, Jay's no. going to check the area code so we know. But <laughs> it popped up on my phone. You're shaking your head Houston. yes. Well see, that's even more suspect that it's a Houston area code where my mom lives and where uh, the wedding will be located in the area. Okay, you ready? Mm-hmm. Alice, I hear you have a cat to give away. Question mark.
5: Stop. <laughs> I swear That's the whole text message.
3: Alice, comma, I yeah. hear you have a hat to uh, a ca- not a hat. A cat to give away. Question mark.
5: Do not respond to that.
3: I have a cat. And my name starts with an A.
5: Don't respond. Do you
3: to think that. it's a scam? Yeah. So what happens if I respond? Do you think should I delete it?
5: I would delete it. Yeah.
3: Okay. Don't respond, Alice. No. Are here? You have a cap to give away? And question mark. He,
5: look, as much as I, I'm all <laughs> for the, let's go down this road to see how stupid this can wind up being. I'm that guy. However, I don't know enough about the technology that's used to steal right. all kinds of issues. It just
3: seems so benign, which right?
5: Is, yeah, which is why I wouldn't go down that road because you could, out of just... And it's not curiosity. It's not total curiosity. It's just stupidity. You're going down this road that can lead to all kinds of problems that you don't need. It's not worth it. I would delete that. Because there's no way that that's not something where they're trying to fish for something. They're hmm. fishing right there.
3: There's no, Interesting. I mean... And the way that it's phrased too is, I hear you have a cat to give away? Question mark. I do have a cat, and my name starts with the same letter, so that I guess it could be a no. Yeah. Okay. I'm I'm just again, because I mean, that. like, it, it's Plus such it's a Houston, which well, makes you me, respond. Like,
5: think, you can just say like, I do have a cat, but I don't. I'm not giving it away, or I don't have any pet. Like, it's so obvious that it's just easy to fish at it to give you a easy response. It's an easy response. No, don't play with that.
3: My name is not Alice. <laughs> I get that stuff. I mean, there's no uh, deleting. I'm deleting. Yeah. Oh. I've gotten stuff with Millie. Jay. Well, Jay, you can respond on your own phone if nah, you nah, want nah. your phone to have fish, like fish wire. Or it,
5: It's not. It's not worth it.
3: Spyware, malware. Like,
4: like secondary app, like a, like a group me or what am I? What, WhatsApp. app? What if we responded on there? Can you trace those sort of things?
3: I don't know, but not on my phone. We're not doing it. I don't. WhatsApp is used I, for all sorts of nefarious purposes, hmm. so I do not have it on my phone.
4: I'm just curious what kind of cash he's looking for. Look, I don't that's know. That's what you're and,
3: curious about? Yeah. Look, not how the person got my phone number and why they're calling well, that's me out? Well, yeah, there's that. Yeah,
5: that's no, but that's actually not that hard. That's, that's easy to do. It's just a question of what they're trying, what the scam is. I'm curious like you are, Jay. I want to know what the scam is, yeah. but not enough to wind up opening myself up to...
3: Not enough that you want Amy to respond with her phone?
5: I I, I wouldn't, know I, That, to me, again, it, juice is not worth the squeeze. Just because you <laughs> want to know what the scam is, that's not worth going down the road of, oh, man, I got hacked. Or I got to cancel my Jay, credit card. Can I don't you need Google
3: that. it? Google. I hear Catch you have him? a cat to give away. Well, <laughs> just Google, I hear you have a cat to give away, Alice. All right, I'm on it. And see what happens. So, yes, yeah, very strange, right? I don't think
4: you need the Alice part. So we're saying curiosity could kill the cat.
5: Yes, yes, it could. Yes, it could. Yes, it could. But I don't think you need the Alice part. I, I, I feel like that was just... I'm
4: going to try it with the Alice part first. Yeah, well.
3: <laughs> so Alice so maybe just just be, they I, try to name.
5: Again, I've gotten all kinds of like nonsense. Have you? Garbage stuff with whatever. And the, the name that usually pops up a lot with me is Millie. Millie? Millie? Marco, Millie, it's just an M. It's phishing. That's what it's for. Because the first thing you could say is, well, that's not my name. It doesn't matter as long as you respond. It's just trying to get your attention.
3: Interesting. doesn't matter. So just looking to establish a connection. That's all it is. Do you think it's a bot or a real person?
5: Uh, I mean, it's a real person behind the scam. Whether or not they're generating it personally, uh, I highly doubt that. I'm sure there's a machine that's generating all this stuff. And all it takes is one. You send out. Three million, Mm -hmm. one person responds and it could lead to whatever scam you're trying to to put together. I'm just not smart enough to know all the scams. I wish I knew all that stuff. I just don't.
3: Right. We take all types of training or we have to watch all of these videos here at our company uh, periodically for phishing scams. Yeah, well, I I do them all at once. I wait for three months and then I watch them all at once. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, they're constantly getting on us about scams.
5: They're all over the place. They're everywhere. They're not just for work. They're for your personal. Again, they come to your emails. They come to your phone. They come and it's anywhere to just get in. I don't understand it enough to know exactly why that allows them to get access. I wish I, like I said, I wish I knew enough about that. Maybe I should look into it more. I haven't. I just know that it's not worth giving. Don't open the door. If you leave right. the door shut, it's a lot harder for them, for anyone to be able to to hack. If you with the door, crack, it's a lot easier for them to get in.
3: Huh. You know, it's interesting too, because now that people have become so aware of scams that say, hey, can you confirm your address? Can you confirm your social security number? Can you confirm this? Can you confirm that? Mm-hmm. Now that people are far less inclined, well, I would say a lot of people are more aware that those are very generally scams. Hey, this was ordered. Can you confirm? Blah, blah, blah. Right. Um, it, it used to be phone calls. It used to be phone calls. Now and it's, it still is,
5: but it's still text. Right.
3: But now it's text messages more yeah. and more. There's so, a package waiting for you. You got to just confirm a, exactly. Yeah, all right, right. So now that people are more in tune with the, can you confirm? Now it's going to be something like this. That's so benign that you just think it's a wrong number.
4: Yeah, yeah. Don't answer that. Uh
3: oh. What'd you find?
4: Nothing specifically about the cat email or, or text about that. Specifically about cats, but just. That stuff like that has been going on. So here's just another example. Someone gets a text. Do you have any plans for tomorrow? Emma invited us to a barbecue party, mm-hmm. and the person responds, "I think you have the wrong number. I don't know an Emma that would invite me to a barbecue party." The other person just keeps going on, and then they're in. They're like, they're in at that point. Yep. Yeah.
5: It's not oh. right. That's what I mean. Like a lot of this stuff is more advanced than we realize because we don't. If you're not a scammer, you don't necessarily think like that. So it's kind of like, oh, how could it be such a... Yeah, that's their job. This is what they do.
3: It this is how so they benign. make money. That's how they make money. Wow. By sending random text messages to Alex about a cat? You. By scamming you, yes. To get <laughs> but you. what are they looking for, though?
5: Again, how they get in, I, I don't know. Hmm. The, I don't know enough algorithm and computer. Like, I don't I don't know how that works. If I knew enough about that, let's be fair. I'd probably Do you be think doing Mark
3: Zuckerberg's that. behind it? Or Elon Musk? Um.
5: I think scamming started a lot before Chinese. Either one, it's of Russian. Of them. Uh, I mean, scamming has been going on from from the dawn of time. We just did the, it differently. Just not with text messages. Well, we we <laughs> adapt. Before it was you know on the street. Then it's phone calls. Then it's text. Just it, a human thing. Yeah, we just we as humans have a tendency to scam people, and we adapt to the it, environment. Speak
3: for yourself. I don't scam people.
5: Uh, uh, again, human as a species. <laughs> We're species. We're messed up. We scan people. This is what we (laughs) do. We
3: are messed up. That's for sure. All right. I I deleted it. I did not text back. Good. Jay really wanted. He wanted me to be the guinea pig. Thanks. Thanks a lot for that. Just a little curious. Well, I would think that if you got one, then your curiosity would serve you well. Feel free. there's no way. Great, Jay. All right, vote for the after-hours game of the week. I'm so happy that I have you as my friend, Marco, because you warned me off. I wasn't planning on responding because it just it's ridiculous. I'm not giving away my cat anyway, even if it's legit. But <laughs> I,
5: I would say this, rule of thumb, any text that you get from a phone number that you don't know, right? don't answer it.
3: Except that these days you get them from doctor's offices. You get them from the library when a book comes in. You get them from Walgreens when your prescription comes in. You have to respond to those? Sometimes they want you to confirm the dentist's office. Confirm your appointment. I mean, you get them...
5: Call the dentist's office.
3: Okay. I'm just saying... Text messages these days are a very popular way of confirming Fine, your place in line, your blah, before, blah, blah.
5: Before you confirm or respond to that, mm-hmm. you should know where the number comes from. If it's your dentist, you can easily look up the phone number if it came from
3: gotcha. them. Gotcha. But some of them are 800 numbers. For instance, the duct dude, the duct cleaning dude that came to my house on Thursday, they sent me texts to confirm that he was on his way. And they asked me to confirm. From an eight hundred number, it was like eight three three, which I think those are those are toll free lines, right? Again, I
5: would look into the business itself and to see if the number is coming from something. Yeah, because I mean, this is where we live. This is what right. we're doing now. Yeah, right. is it worth it? Oh. You want up I don't want to be hacked. I don't want to lose my identity. I don't want to wind up going through the whole thing of trying to figure
3: out the the five bucks that I have in my bank account <laughs> ain't there anymore. I need to know right. that. I don't need. I don't need this. I sometimes think of that. Like, what if I got hacked? Oh well, I guess they could have the hundred fifty well, bucks. I, I need that money. Those are my groceries. Right?
4: <laughs> Might be nice to start Just over. Say,
3: <laughs> I need that twenty. You know, like, <laughs> oh gosh. Okay, you guys saved me. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> Looking out for me. On Twitter, a Law Radio. Our Facebook page too. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence.
1: You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. Here's a pitch. And a fly ball. Right field. Going over as Corbin Carroll. He's under it.
4: He's got it. And the 2023 Arizona Diamondbacks are headed to the World Series for the second time in their 26-year history
1: clerk ready now, one-two pitch, ground ball, second base, Simeon's got it. On to first to Nate Lowe, and a hello World Series. The Rangers have won their third American League pennant. This is After Hours with Amy Lawrence.
3: The final calls on both the Diamondbacks and Rangers radio networks, and we have come to the eve Of the World Series, or if you are waking up on your Friday morning, maybe you're already out and about, you probably have more energy than I do at this moment. (laughs) I envy you, especially if you slept last night or you slept overnight. I do envy you. Those two teams are among the unlikeliest who could have survived all the way to the fall classic, but it does begin in mere hours on Friday at Globe Life Field. So second World Series that Globe Life Field will host just happens that in 2020, it was not the Rangers who were playing in their own stadium at the time, brand new, but it was it was Rays and Dodgers, right? Rays and Dodgers that made it to the World Series. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. What a cool opportunity now for managers. And Bruce Bochy has the... Yeoman's share of the experience when it comes to these moments, right? He's never lost a winner-take-all game. Uh, he's got three World Series rings as it is. Here he is with a brand-new team, the Diamondbacks, uh, and he's been there, done that, so he has the advantage. And he also knows that he's facing a really good team in Arizona.
0: They played the game right. They, they pitch well. They have good starters. Uh, uh, they've really done. Have done a great job of getting that bullpen together. I mean, the back end of their bullpen is really tough. They play the game of baseball. They like act, uh, like uh, action. They like to run. They, you know, they'll bunt. They'll do things. Uh, but then, you know, they can slug some too, and uh, uh, very good defense.
3: They can slug some, but he makes a good point. They do like to put pressure on opposing pitchers and defense once they get on the base paths. And uh, the Diamondbacks, remember, against the Phillies in game seven, gave up one hit. In five innings pitched by the bullpen, they gave up one hit. So it's Nathan Avaldi going for the Rangers in the opener.
2: Coming in, having game one, trying to set the tone for the team. Um, there's a lot of pressure with that, but there's also a lot of excitement. And, you know, I'm definitely ready for this opportunity and go out there and, you know, compete against a really good lineup.
3: It's an amazing his story, his story arc. <laughs> and when he joined the Rangers and now the fact that he is the, the game one starter for the Rangers after, and and you may not remember this, I had actually forgotten it, um, but he was on the mound for what was the longest game uh, in, what was it, the longest game in World Series history, right, that went 18 innings or something crazy like that. He was on the mound for the Red Sox, but now he's on the mound for the Rangers as a starter. It's After Hours on CBS Sports Radio.